Hey there, I'm Andrew Ainsworth, a proud supporter of Sword and Laser, thanks to Patreon.com. It's easy to set up, and what do you get out of it? Endless geeky bantering about the latest sci-fi and fantasy books. So if you want to help out, head over to Patreon.com slash Sword and Laser. Give a little, and get a lot of Veronica mispronouncing things. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. Oh, hey. Little diaget, not diaget, gnat sound. Little gnat sound. Very nice. <laughs> what, what, what are you drinking? <laughs> guess we're jumping into that segment right off the top here. <laughs> I inhaled it instead of drinking it. Classy. Uh, no, I thought I would have have my. <coughs> what are we drinking? It set. It sounds like I'm drinking a, like a shot of whiskey, but it's just a beer. It's a Terra, Terra beer. It's a Korean beer that is Australian. So it's it's trying to be an Australian style beer, but oh, it's made okay. in Korea. So okay, so it's not it's not an Australian beer that's trying to be a Korean style beer. It's an Australian it's genuine style. malt. Selected by Terra. Oh. And it's premium quality. Anyway, it's a it's a very light and delicious beer, and I quite enjoy it. Nice. I was when drinking. I'm not choking on it. When you're not, yeah, <laughs> going down the wrong pipes. Uh, I am drinking a Fort Point, as usual. Um, Mosaic drinking Park. Local. Yeah, got to drink local. Uh, single Hop Pale Ale Series. Just the one hop, huh? Just the single one. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> it's cheap, though, which is nice because they just use one hop. Yeah, right. <laughs> steep that one hop. Mm-hmm. Is that For how they make beer? Time. They steep a hop. It's like tea. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah. That's what I figured. Have you watched hops. Pake's Spirit on Netflix? No, I haven't even heard of it. It's a it's a a chef, a Korean chef named Pake. Uh, hence me drinking the Korean beer because we watched Pake's and then went to H Mart and bought some Korean beers and sojus and stuff. Uh, it's really good. Uh, he sits in restaurants and talks about food with people. And he will then go into like the history of like, here's how soju is made, or here's how beer was, you know, brewed historically in Korea and stuff. It's really cool. That's cool. Yeah. I like stuff like that. I like food shows or culture, culture experience kind of shows. That sounds neat. Um, I'm not really what, Oh, I'm watching, um, Peacemaker. Oh, so good. So good. I love Peacemaker. It's so good. <laughs> so, so funny. It's so ridiculous. It's ridiculously funny. <laughs> the title sequence cracks me up. Uh, I was talking to Led Peralta. He's like, he's like, yeah, sometimes they do too many side jags. I'm like, oh, not for me. The side jags are the best part. Like <laughs> the chode line. <laughs> last episode. <laughs> Right, or the uh, no, no spoilers. I, pr- I promise this is this is like not not a spoiler. But when he has to name the other people they could have framed, and he just goes oh. off on a long like yes. like and just won't stop. And he's like, or wow, when, he knows. All- yeah, or when he was making fun of Batman. <laughs> anyway, if you haven't seen Peacemaker, this is one of those situations where you're like, well, I don't get why it's so funny. But if you have, I think you get it. John Cena is one of the one of the better physical comedians of our oh time. Gosh, yeah. I would say genius. He's and very improv. funny. 
Yeah, you can he's tell he's improving a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, which Justin Robert Young, who follows wrestling closely, says, y'all are just non-wrestling fans are just getting to appreciate the okay. brilliance of John Cena. Not not in, a, not in a gatekeeping way, but in a like, oh yeah, no, he hasn't really been allowed to do this in his other roles in films and, and, and stuff mm-hmm. until now. And this is like kind of what he's best at. No, but he so. was in that rom-com that was really funny. Um, I watched it a few nights ago. It's about... A, a couple go on vacation in like Cancun and they meet up uh, with John okay. Cena and that. his wife and they like, j- they decide they're going to be best friends and they totally like ruin the other couple's life because they're <laughs> such a like mess. John Cena and okay. his wife are a mess. Okay. Tom Homie says that John Cena speaks fluent Mandarin. He does. He does. He's a, uh, he's a huge, I just learned this moments ago, Tom Homie. Stop spying on my conversations with Eileen. Uh, she was just telling me he speaks fluent Mandarin and he's a big BTS fan. And also uh, the movie was Vacation Friends. Thank you, Tamahome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. This All right. is not a John Cena appreciation podcast, though. It very well not could yet. be. Not yeah. yet. You can always pivot. You know, all these shows have like podcasts now. I'm like, how come no one ever asks us to do their TV show podcast? Seriously. Like, who are these people doing these TV show podcasts? They're not us. We could totally be doing that. They have no experience, I assume. I don't know who they are. You know, literally anyone can can do a can do a podcast is the sad thing. (laughs) But not literally anyone can claim they have been doing a podcast for 16 years. Has it been 16? Well, this one hasn't been on for 16, but you and I have been podcasting together for 16 years. That's true. Okay. All right. Well, let's, speaking of our podcast, let's jump into the quick burns. Terp Kristen just got an email when Terp Kristen wrote this post from Chicago Worldcon that Hugo nominations are open now. Uh, And then Terp Kristen wrote, maybe nominate your favorite sorty and lasery podcast to which Mark added, you know, in 2021, <laughs> sword and laser had 24 this nominations so for best fan cast of the six podcasts that made the 2021 Hugo ballot. 28 nominations was enough to make the cut. And three of the podcasts were within 10 nominations of sword and laser. So it would just take literally four more people <laughs> And maybe a reminder to Veronica and Tom to nominate themselves. Then it would only take two more people. We didn't and nominate ourselves. Jordan Laser might have got nominated. But I feel weird. bad. I feel bad. It's like, you know, voting for yourself. Obviously, no one ever knows, but I'm from that generation where it's like, wow, you don't vote for yourself. That's I know. I feel not- the same way. I feel very weird about it, but I, I think I need to have a little less pride. You know, other people probably voted Maybe, for themselves. <laughs> I shouldn't even say this because this is against the rule. I won't say it because it's against the rules, but I was going to make a vote trading joke. Don't vote trade. Don't trade your votes. Don't. I, I, I Don't do kind that. of know what that means. I, I can <laughs> That's like you make, when that you means. make a deal where like, yeah. I'll vote for your thing if you vote for my thing. Yeah. Okay. Or like, yeah. So anyway, you are listeners should vote for us. You should vote well, for who you think is best, which is us. Vote for who you think is best, which is us. <laughs> it's us. There's lots of great podcasts out there. All right. Trike says Amazon just announced the title of their Lord of the Rings prequel series. It's called The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. It premieres on Amazon Prime on September 2nd. And I'm assuming that's September 2nd of this year. Of this year. Yes. Correct. 2022. 
Mm-hmm. This the year of our Lord, 2022. That's right. Very cool. Uh, I assume, first of all, that an editor probably sent this back at Amazon saying you've got rings too close to each other in the title. And and then they got overruled. Uh, that was my first thought. I was like, man, I know a lot of editors that wouldn't like that. The second thing I thought was, oh, this is good. This is going to be about because the teaser where they announce it is just the quote about, you know, the nine rings were made for the world of men and mm-hmm. some for the elves and some for the dwarves and and one for that bad guy Sauron, except, you know, it's properly quoted. Uh, and I'm like, oh, I want to know that. I want to. We only know the history and we only know the end history of the one ring. Yeah. Give me the other rings. Why yeah. were they made? Who are they made for? Who are yeah. those people? Yeah. So much to know. I mean, is is that probably all in the Cimmerillion? I just assume it's all in the Cimmerillion. It kind of is, but it's also in the appendix. And that is mm. one key to this is Amazon didn't license the Silmarillion. Amazon licensed the appendix to the Lord of the Rings uh, because the estate wanted to do a whole new negotiation for the Silmarillion. But Amazon could license the appendix through Warner, who already had the rights to them. Did you cover so this cheaper. on your other show? On Cord Killers. Yeah, we yeah. covered this on Cord Killers. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, you know a lot about this. I just am a wizard. Mm. Mm. Makes sense. And I know it precisely what I mean to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're up. Ah, uh, yes. Jan, Jan. Good morning, Jan. Good to have you in the audience. Uh, Jan writes uh, Three Rings for the Elven Kings Under the Sky in our chat. That is a proper quote. And also wrote on Goodreads, Deadline reports that Parasite director Bong Joon-ho is in talks to write and direct an untitled film based on Edward Ashton's upcoming novel, Mickey Seven, for Warner Brothers, and that the Batman star Robert Pattinson, thank you for calling him the Batman star Robert Pattinson, that's brilliant, is in talks to star in. The novel is about Mickey Seven, an expendable a disposable human clone sent on a mission to colonize another world. Whenever a clone dies, a new body is regenerated with most of his memories intact. When Mickey 7 is presumed dead on a mission, Mickey 8 is activated, but Mickey 7 is not dead. And because duplicates are illegal, Mickey 7 has to hide his duplicate status from the rest of the colony. Hmm, that sounds super cool. Sounds like Robert Pattinson might get to play more than one role. Yeah, the Patman. I love <laughs> I like to think of him as the lighthouses, Robert Pattinson. I don't know that one. Oh, you haven't seen that? That's no. a weird movie. Yeah. It's weird. Is it scary? It's good. It's very good, but it's weird. Is it scary? Mm, no. No. I mean, not not the kind of scary that bothers you. Is it so it's not spoopy? It's got a little spoopy to it, but that's not really the point. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'll watch more Patman. Batman movies. He's pretty, he's pretty great in his, uh, you know, this next stage in his career. Jan also says the adaptation of Tomi Adeyami's uh, Children of Blood and Bone has moved from Lucasfilm to Paramount. According to The Hollywood Reporter, Lucasfilm let the project languish soon after it was announced and concentrated mostly on its original properties, like the many new Star Wars series, Indiana Jones, and Willow. Is a new Willow coming? 
<sighs> Denline reports yep. rights reverted back to Adeyemi in fall 2021, and after a bidding war, Paramount acquired the project early in 2022, now with Adeyemi attached to adapt her own work and also executive produce, giving her creative approval, something that was, according to The Hollywood Reporter, apparently not the case at Lucasfilm. The move also means that uh, Rick Famuyiwa, uh, Famuyiwa uh, one of the directors of The Mandalorian, is no longer attached to direct the film. Yeah, so big this changes. probably sounds worse than it is to some people. Um, Hollywood Reporter taking a jab at Lucasfilm for letting the project languish while they focused on, you know, properties that make them crap loads of money. Uh, it feels like a little bit of a backhand. That happens a lot. Uh, studios license stuff mm-hmm. and then make decisions based on on the bottom line all the time. It's not like Lucasfilm is alone in that. And uh, books get get optioned all the time and then don't end up getting turned into properties and then let go and other people grab them. So I don't blame Lucasfilm for that, but good for Paramount snapping it up. Uh, maybe they can get Famuyiwa uh, over uh, on, on board. The only reason he's no longer attached to direct is because it changed, changed hands. Uh, but they also, I don't know, out of now that they're involved, yeah. that's the other part of this is, is when Lucasfilm got the rights, it was kind of unusual to have authors on board, but in the intervening years, it has become much more commonplace to have authors involved in the production. So that's just kind of a change in the culture of Hollywood, I think. Totally. Yeah, I would. Um, I'm, I'm actually stoked. I think that's that's kind of exciting that they get to have some some input on much more input on the project and actual some creative control, which is great. Yeah, I think authors are just more savvy than they used to be. It used to be you'd bring an author in, like I'm talking about like in the 60s, right? And they'd be like, you know, all I know is novels. You should do this. And the movie people would be like, no, that doesn't work. But we're all so much more cross-platform literate than we used to be. I think think it's not as big of a deal. Yeah, I need to read this book. I've heard so much, so many good things. Yeah, me too. So now it would be your turn. No, I just read this one. I just read that one. Did you? I did because I had a hard time with Hold the on. names. Remember, just take another drink. It's okay. Okay, but I yeah. have to read the one after this. I guess that's why I was trying to give it to you. Oh, why is the next one the one after that hard? Remember, I said I would read this because it's a monster, and I could I could summarize it. Oh, all right, all right, all right. I'll read this next one, then you can take right. take that one. Okay. I know that's unusual. I know that's out of order. All right. I'm not sure how to say this uh, <laughs> this Discord friends <laughs> user handle. Gerpectus, Gerpectus. You know what? Uh, call them Christos because they also posted a good read under the name Christos. And Christos, that's easier to fantastic. Pronounce. All right. Uh, Stephen <laughs> King announces a new book called Fairy Tale about a kid from the real world going to a fantasy world. I'm calling it now. The kid is going to be evil. I'm calling it now. It sounds like the, uh, it's in the world of Nosferatu. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Did you get another, your son involved? Another piece of that. Yeah. Joe, little Joe Hill collab going on under the table. Oh, right. Not You're right. Well, because be. yeah. Oh my gosh. I totally forgot that Nosferatu wasn't a Stephen King book for a second. Right. That's what happened just so now. Stephen King like, and yeah. Joe Hill admits that he's like, oh, oh yeah, this, that's embarrassing. This is the one that's like my dad. I apologize. Yeah, but it's kind of true. But they, I mean. Joe Hill made Stephen King references in Nosferatu, so maybe we'll see a little bit of additional crossover. Who knows? All right. So we have lots of great posts that I'm going to try to summarize here uh, because the American Library Association had their awards ceremony. Uh, and Genesee pointed out that Light from Uncommon Stars won an Alex Award 
which is given to the 10 best adult books that appeal to teens. So kind of, you know, crossover. El Latsue made the honor list for the American Indian Youth Literature Award, a young adult category, and the honor list for the Stonewall Barbara Giddings Award. So it got a couple of them. Uh, Sorrowland by River Solomon won the Stonewall Barbara Giddings Literature Award and made the Over the Rainbow book list top 10. A Psalm for the Wild Built made the honor list for the Stonewall Barbara Giddings Literature Award. And then Jan pointed out uh, that The Thousand Crimes of Ming Chu by Tom Lin was the winner of the 2022 Andrew Carnegie Medal for Excellence in Fiction for the best work for adult readers published in the U.S. in the previous year. Uh, lots of other genre award winners. The Last Quintista by Donna Barba Higuera as the John Newberry Medal winner for the most outstanding contribution to children's lit. And the core committee recognizing excellence in children's and young adult science fiction, a division of ALA, announced the 2022 Notables list, uh, including YA and middle grade works from Etherbound by E.K. Johnston to Weird King by Greg Van Eekhout. And... Uh, Rusa posted the 2022 reading list from the ALA, the year's best in genre fiction for adult winners or for adult readers, a fantasy winner, a master of gin, and making the short list was Blackwater Sister, The Black Tongue Thief, When the Tiger Came Down the Mountain, the uh, from the same author we're going to be reading in February, The Witch's Heart, and science fiction winner was A Psalm for the Wild Built, so that one cleaned up. Uh, shortlist was Day Zero, Project Hail Mary, One Day All This Will Be Yours, and Unity. Uh, so lots of good book recommendations coming from the ALA, as one would expect the ALA to do. A Psalm for the Wild Built. That's Becky Chambers? It feels like a Becky Chambers title. Or is that a is that a different book? Because there wasn't the author wasn't a, labeled on either of those posts. So now I'm going to do a quick Google's. Yes, that is Becky yes, Chambers, is and I, Chambers. I knew okay. that, but I didn't want to say it was and then find out I was mistaken and that I was remembering it wrong. So, yes, yes. that is Becky Chambers. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, Mark says a master of gin. Put that on the sword and laser shortlist. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Very cool. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for submitting quick burns. As usual, you can do that over on Goodreads or in our Discord channel, which you can find over at our website. All right, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Would you like to read the Beth Mitchum of the week? Thank you. I would love to read the Beth okay. Mitchum of the week. I Beth you Mitchum, like if, you, if you're new to the show, uh, is able to summarize the books we read and sometimes other books in the character limit of Twitter. Now, granted, that character limit has gone up in Beth Mitchum's career from 140 to 280, but it's still darn impressive. Uh, here is Beth Mitchum from January 21st. Light from Uncommon Stars, Rika Aoki. This book is a call to action. I want to eat great food, listen to great music, but also practice compassion and forgive mistakes. Finding true love might be in there somewhere as well. Aw, that's nice. Thank you, Beth, as always, for an excellent uh short form book review. They're some of my favorites. Quite often, Beth Mitchum puts my thoughts to words, to very brief, concise, effective words. And this is definitely one of those cases. Fantastic. I feel like someday we should, I feel like someday Beth should put out a book of her own that is just all of her mm -hmm. book reviews from Twitter. And then review it. Oh, no, then we could review it. Yeah, we never, we couldn't, all, we would. I'd mess it up. Maybe you'd you mess could. it up. Yeah. Okay. I feel like some of our other listeners are pretty good at that too. I'd so. go like 282 characters and 
just yeah. We've never actually counted the characters. <laughs> we don't know that. Well, two eighty is. is the Twitter limit. That's why I'm like, yes. oh, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't be able to fit it in. Um, and then in in funny cute things. Um, so last week on we always post on Twitter uh, when we have a new episode up. So for the uh, the tweet that we had two weeks ago for uh, Ein Kleiner Nachtmarket. Somewhere Jan is shaking his head, very disappointed at my pronunciation. Um, I said, we're excited about a new Scalzi TV show, a possible new Scalzi TV show. And Scalzi said, not going to lie, I'm excited too. So that was very nice. <laughs> I bet you are, John Scalzi. Uh, and that, that's that's very good to hear. It would be worrisome if you wrote, eh, me, not so excited. Yeah, you know, you just, just an everyday thing <laughs> that, for, that for me, worrying. John Scalzi. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, and then we also got Rika Aoki uh, replying. Uh, I posted a reply tweet in German, but my German is so rusty and bad. I deleted it. Oh, listen, our German is worse. So did you just hear what I just butchered? Bad. So let's let's yeah. <laughs> No, no, uh, anyway, no uh, she continued, uh, thank you so much for the mention, Sword and Laser, and hi and super congratulations, Skullsy, because it was in the same thread that Skullsy was replying to. Well, maybe she'll have a TV show at some point, too, based on one of her novels. If there's any be amazing. in the world. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. I would love to see that. Adapted. I am super ready for more awesome, especially now that the expanse is over, or at least the, the main part, that story is over. Do you, could you know what else is going on with them? Um, no. Uh, the expanse, I, I, I sort of try to keep tabs and mm-hmm. uh, I, I try not to, you know, overstep our bounds as as we, you know, James S.A. Corey, our friend of the show, uh, our friends of the show. Um, but from what I can tell, it seems like they definitely have a plan mm-hmm. for how to carry on the stories. It might be movies instead of TV series, although that they haven't confirmed that. That's just me gleaning things. Yeah. Uh, and they, whatever it is, they haven't got it nailed down, so they can't say. So they, they've been very, very noncommittal of like, oh man, yes, we, we are, you know, would love to continue to do the show and almost wink, wink, like, you know, right. it's just around the corner. Um, That'd be but amazing. I, don't think, I don't think they can say anything because I don't think they have anything to say. Oh, that last season was like one of the best seasons too. It was really so incredible. Good. What oh, a way to so end good. it. Yeah, if Oof. any of you have not caught up on the expanse, now's the time. Just do the whole thing. It's amazing. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, that is about it for quick for Barrier Sword, rather. Um, so we can jump into the book of the month discussion. And so what we are gonna do is uh just do a brief kickoff of the February book pick. Um and uh so uh, oh no. The February book pick will be The Empress of Salt and Fortune by Ni Vo. Thank you. Uh, that is a is it the first time we've ever done a novella? Yes. Yes. So it's yes. going to be a quick read, folks. <laughs> I think it's, it's like only two hours than, on audiobook or three hours yeah, it's on less audiobook. Than three hours on, on, on the audiobook version. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a short read, uh, but it was recommended by Seth. Remember last episode, uh, Seth was talking about the other book that we that we mentioned earlier from from Nevo uh, being up for awards, which it also won some uh, and said, you know, if you're looking for a, a February pick, because we're going to have such a huge read with Pandora's star in March, uh, maybe pick a novella in February. So, uh, Veronica, thank you for picking this for February. <laughs> And I think someone else also, when I did the thread in Discord, reminded me it, about reminded it. I thought that it. was Mark. 
but I'm not sure. And I feel like those threads are temporary. So now I'm trying to like scroll back and maybe someone can remember. Do threads just disappear? Is that how they work in Discord? That seems mm. bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. There's no know. threads. Anyway, I don't know how to use Discord. Um, but that was, <laughs> that's my understanding. Oh, was Mark says this is how you lose the time war was a novella. Was it technically a novella? I, I don't guess think it was, it was the short, but you may be right. It may, yeah. it may have been short enough to be a novella. You're right. Good Is call. that under 50,000 words? I think so. I, it depends on who's defining it. But yeah, 50,000 is, is considered a novel according to National Novel Writing Month. That's how right. you, you have to get 50,000. So yeah, less than 50,000 would make sense, would be a novella. Um, Nevo grew up in Peoria, Illinois, and went to college at the University of Illinois and now lives in Milwaukee. Uh, and as I wrote in our book briefing on Patreon, I grew up in Illinois. I went to the University of Illinois and my brother lives in Wisconsin. Um, however, this was Veronica's pick, not mine. I, I, it was not picked because of any of that. I just wanted to, you know, be transparent about any potential conflicts of interest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but The awesome. Empress of Salt and Fortune uh, published in 2020. It was Vo's first novella, uh, the won the Hugo Award for Best Novella, and the 2021 IAFA Crawford Award. Um, and it's, uh, I don't know. I almost don't want to say anything about, uh, else about it. Uh, the, the log line. I don't know line. anything well, about it. Should I give you the log line? Sure. Okay. The plot focuses on a cleric who listens to stories about recently deceased empress. A recently deceased empress. Got it. And uh, in chat, Tamahome says uh, links to or copies the entire thread where Mark said during the last podcast live screen stream, I think someone in chat recommended The Embers of Salt and Fortune, a 2021 Hugo nominee for the best novella for our February read. Something short before we commit to the brick Pandora star. <laughs> he called it a brick. <laughs> it's, it's long. Good. It's really good. It is really it is good. Very long. Stuff is is getting super interesting where I'm at right now. Let me tell Mm. you weird Mm. things are happening. Yeah. Out at the, uh, at the spheres at the, at at the Dyson pair star. (laughs) Yeah. The way to be. It's not a spoiler to say the name of the book. Name of the thing. Yeah. (laughs) Anyhow. So there you go. Uh, we're kicking that off. That's our February read Empress of Salt and Fortune. Uh, March's read is Pandora star by Peter F. Hamilton. And we've given you plenty of notice to get started on it. Hopefully that helped. Uh, And of course, in March, we'll be doing our tournament, our March Madness tournament of books. So uh, keep an eye out for um, ways to nominate coming soon. The most wonderful time of the show. It only comes but once a year. All right. So I wanted to read a couple of um, cheerful, like, people who liked the book um, comments. Oh, so we're, we're moving we get... into Light from Uncommon Stars. Now. We are okay, now good. moving into Light from Uncommon Stars. By and Nuka it will Yoki. be spoilery. And it will be spoilery. Okay. Okay. Dwango said, finished it, liked her descriptions of food, violin culture, and making donuts. It was somewhat an orderly stream of thought with each small break of space between text and the occasional chapter break. Liked it and got a bit but hungry. Oh, this, that- book is so good in so many different fields yeah it's like a the food it's temptation. like an all-star infielder who can also pitch and play it's like the um blanket on the guy who plays for the los angeles angels of anaheim who can you know, pitch uh, and you know what this is like bat 
This is like, I. this is one thing I felt while reading this book. I felt annoyed. And I will tell you why. I felt annoyed because I was like, mm. how can one person know so much about music and violin and music culture and history and then be able to write like a really good book too? Yeah. Like, F that. The Shohei You don't Otani get to be so good at everything. Writers. Yeah. And then also know all this amazing food and places I should be eating in L.A. <laughs> or down in the... That's, that's bullshit. It's not fair. <laughs> I want to be you're especially, smart about You're especially that angry at the second part because the second part redeems me. Uh, not that I was annoyed, but I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I can eat at some places Yeah, that's like not this. fair. I don't get to eat at those places. I have to travel for down. that. You know, yeah, it's cheaper okay. to live down here. All right. Yeah. You'll never get Ryan to move back down to, to mm, Southern no, California. Eat some Sorry. of these noodles. Maybe he'll change his mind. I know. Oh, so good. Like high chicken. Like every review I read on Goodreads was like, the food sounds so good. And, and, I, and I almost hesitate to keep talking about the food because it makes it sound like that's the best part of the book. It's not. No, there's so many great parts it's just about this the, book. The food is so well described. It makes you really hungry. And then the other parts of the book are either spoilers, so you don't want to mention them, whereas mentioning the food's not a spoiler, or they're they're heartbreaking, some right. of them. So I, yeah, I loved the sci-fi of it. I loved the, the sort of entire galactic world that could be a whole series I know. that she created and then just used as backstory for a love interest for the teacher. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, there are a lot of interweaving elements in this story. Um, but let's read a few more of these comments before we get to kind of like the meaty yeah, yeah. thread. That was the wrap-up thread. Uh, Harry B. said, I had read this not too long after it came out. Admittedly, starting from some dark place, it became incredibly positive, And I even found myself chuckling out loud when I read. It's okay. Only the cat was listening. I certainly respect yeah, no this problem. author for somehow pulling off a mashup of fantasy, science fiction, humor, donuts, and music. Not, quote, pulling it off somehow, but succeeding incredibly well. Bravo. Yeah, yeah. A work of art, you yeah. might say. An incredible composition. Jillian said, finished it last night, really loved it. And Beth Mitchum, uh, as we know, read the book, um, but also had this to say on Discord, I finished the book and enjoyed it a lot. One gap I noticed was the oldest son gets short shrift. He never gets unfrozen. Was killing the earthlings really that much worse than trying to murder Shirley? Well, yeah. Yeah, I prob mean, probably objectively I mean, in some ways. Yeah, it's it's multiples uh, yeah. and, and it's cross species. It's not OK. Also, let's not um, let's not give up the possibility that maybe there's an, there's more to the story someday and you can unfri unfreeze him then. Yeah. Um, and then we get to Trike's post um, and it's uh, it is it's a long it's a doozy. It's a doozy. It's a bit of a doozy. Um, but the title is uh, why I didn't like this book. Spoilers. <laughs> In case you were wondering what the tenor of this uh, thread was going to be. But I respect it. I respect it. I think he makes some really good points um, that I did intend on on touching on uh, during this episode. Um, so let me see. I, I don't know if we should read the entire thing because it is a bit long. But I think the, the main issue that I also, frankly, was a little bit bothered by, he gets to right in the beginning. 
And he says, the thing that really bugs me about the story is the sense of injustice I get. The violinist who has delivered six souls for eternal damnation doesn't get punished for her actions. The opposite, she is rewarded with a nice relationship with the alien donut maker out in space after everyone assists the spaceship in fighting off the angry demon during a space battle. If you're going to involve Star Trek, at least pay attention to how well that show used metaphor. Don't do the stupidest version of the idea. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I disagree with calling it a stupid version of the idea. Yeah. I don't think it was stupid, mm. but, um, yeah, Tazzy Dave kind of confirms how I felt, which is like, I enjoyed the book, but I didn't enjoy that there were no consequences for actions. Something that bugs me is that, uh, about many TV shows and movies, it's why one of the many reasons I hated natural born killers, cause they get away with multiple murders. Um, Yeah, so I wanted to talk about this a little bit because this is the only thing that actually did kind of bug me about the book. I loved the book. I really enjoyed it. I love the characters. I mean, we haven't even talked about Katrina yet or, you know, we're just kind of jumping right into Shizuka's kind of storyline, even though Katrina is really like the, I don't know, there were a lot of main characters, I guess. Katrina, I feel, was the main character of the story. She ties everything together. Um, But Shizuka, like, she did some bad stuff man i mean and she i really expected that she was going to take the fall in the end and be kind of like a tragic but you know maybe martyred in some way character where she like some of the other people here were like maybe she was going to go rescue those souls i think uh ruth said that like maybe she was going to go save them because of the references to that game nether tale or undertale as it is in our world um Mm. about going into hell and saving souls like maybe something like that would have played into it somehow or Katrina could have helped her or Lon could have helped her go and save them somehow. Um, I mean, there was already a pretty fantastical ending. Like why not make it extra fantastical and and go into the plane of hell, which we know exists because Tremont like is from there and they've had this deal and, and the souls have gone to hell. And I don't know, it felt like that could have been done maybe a little bit differently. It just, it felt incomplete to me in some ways because i i there should have been something for her i mean i guess she had been suffering kind of for a long time by not having her music and having to do this work because she made that deal every day and if that didn't come through to you i don't know what aoki could have done uh she was suffering every day of her life she killed people she killed six children she 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 delivered six children to the devil because she had to or lose her soul. Yeah. And the real demon here is is the devil, is of hell. Of course, of course. Hell tricked Shizuka into doing this. And you're kind of blaming the victim if you're entirely focusing on Shizuka here. <sighs> I'm not trying to excuse her. Mm-hmm. She should have never made the deal in the first place. But she is now in a position where she has to do this. And what we see in this book is her wrestling to finally make up for that by saving Chris Katrina or Chris. Yeah. Katrina. Katrina. Um, and, and she stops Katrina from trying to, uh, you know, to, to trying to sacrifice herself for Shizuka. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, thoroughly disagree that there are no consequences. I think you're, I I hate to say it, but it feels like it would, to me, it would feel like a fairy tale 
uh, and and very shallow if it had been like a very straightforward, like, ah, oh, she was tricked by the devil, but she prevailed by being a good person all along. Uh, she's not a good person. She's a real person. And she did mm-hmm. horrible things. And I'm not trying to excuse those. And I'm not saying, well, that's the way the real world works. I'm saying she suffered. And you're discounting her suffering and the fact that she is a victim in all of this if you don't give her credit for that. I don't know. I don't see her as a victim. She is the victim of the devil. She's a victim of her own greed. Okay. Right? Her own like, greed. Like, like you can say, put it this way, is the, are the demons, is hell blameless in this? Like, hell, man, you know, they're no. just the, the government. So, like, that's what I mean. you're kind of taking like, away I'm, her agency by saying she no, had no power in I it don't, either. I, and that's why I say I don't forgive her. I don't mm-hmm. excuse her. But you are also dealing with, you know, what's the balance of power between hell and a violinist, a human violinist, which is where this began. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. Yeah, that's fine. But that that that's what that's the way I see it uh, Mm -hmm. is that that this is about her struggling against incredible against hell, against the forces of hell. Uh, to finally, in the know. end, do the do the right thing. I just honestly, and I don't she had feel to like... leave behind Katrina and Astrid, so she also has huge consequences in finally finding a community worth risking the wrath of hell for, and then leaving them. But I just don't really feel like in that time that she, like, aside from losing her music, like I don't feel like she was suffering that whole time. So when you say that she was suffering every day, I don't think she was really suffering until she felt like she had something to lose. Oh, I do. I, I, I mean, I guess that could have been written more obviously, but to mm-hmm. me, it seemed very obvious that if you take a musician devoted, de- devoted their life to becoming the perfect violinist and the deal with the devil is you now can no longer play in public. That's, that's suffering every day. And, and we see that when she tries to play, when she's like risks pain and agony mm-hmm. to play and she can't. All right. Well, fine. Whatever. Whatever, Tom. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry to get get so. Uh, well, so it kind of sounded like you were it, saying it, like I didn't read the book well enough or didn't understand no, the book. No, 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 no. Not, not at all. I'm just saying it felt it felt clear to me, and maybe mm-hmm. it could have been made clearer. A bit. Yeah. Let me rephrase that. No, because I definitely finished the book and felt like, huh, that doesn't sit right with me. Like that just didn't yeah. like it. Just well, didn't feel like finished. In that well, way, and, and maybe that's worth exploring. Is you know, uh, I'm bringing in my own experiences to this, and and maybe I'm seeing things from from Having my sold own your soul to the podcast gods. Yep, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but maybe you know, seeing things from my own upbringing uh, of of sort of like, well, you know, you you have to you. I was always told you're responsible for all your things, mm-hmm. uh, and that may be overdoing it, and maybe I'm overdoing it. When I when I give Shizuka that that benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe Trike and others, including yourself, are are bringing in a more, you know, I was taught that there should be, you know, justice for people. And if you do a bad thing, you did a bad thing and you don't get off for it. Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Or like, yeah, because I'm, I'm the type of person who beats themselves up for doing something wrong and is like, right. oh, no, I effed up. And so you're looking at Shizuka and if it was you, you would be like all my fault. Right. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't realize this was going to turn into a therapy session. (laughs) Dang. 
It was way cheaper yeah. than the 170 I usually maybe, have to pay. Maybe we can pivot into the <laughs> therapy kidding. podcast <laughs> that talks about Peacemaker. Oh, all right. Well, this is a good thread. I think, um, you know, it we, is we thought might provoking not... as always, Trike. Well done. Lots of lots of great comments here, too, with different perspectives. So I think it's it's worth a worth a good spoiler thread um, if you if you finish the book to check that one out. But yeah, that's I loved the book. I loved the characters. Um, yeah, I, I felt really bad for like I think the character of her son, of Lon's son, could have been fleshed out a little bit more. It was kind of uh, intense that he went from kind of like zero to homicidal in a couple chapters. He did go to homicidal pretty fast. I'll give you that. Pretty fast, yeah. Um, But they did think that he might have had that end plague or been infected with the end plague. Or I still don't really Mm -hmm. understand fully the concept of the end plague, and maybe we weren't supposed to. But (sighs) I, I, this is where I wish I would have taken more detailed notes because I feel like I understood it better while reading mm-hmm. than I'm remembering now. But it, but I, I, the way I think about it was the end plague was sort of um, nihilism, right? Mm. Like, well, we're all going to die anyway. So what does anything matter? Kind of taken to the nth extreme. But yeah, and Katrina's story was was incredible. I mean, just from from her beginnings, like escaping her horrible home life situation to having to deal with, you know, assault and sex work and and all of those things. And even at the very end, still having to, on her day that should have been triumphant, having to deal with the, you know, event organizer, that CEO oh, that was such yeah. a creep. Um, all too real, right? Yeah, yeah. And I I thought that was... You know, it was it was a lot of tough things to read, but I, I'm. It felt like Katrina at the end found her family, and and that's like the most we can all of us can hope for. You know, especially someone who had to go through such such adversity to to feel like she found the people that would love her and accept her and let her be who she wanted to be. Yeah. So that part was awesome. Yeah, really liked uh, Katrina's story. Yeah, quite a bit. And I wish I could have heard some of her um, YouTube videos <laughs> and heard some of her her remakes of video game music. Yeah. I actually went up and, and listened to that Spotify playlist that had some of the songs from from the book. And man, that one Bartok song is not easy to listen to. Let me tell oh, you, yeah, it's complex. It yeah. is. Whew, that is. Yeah, I can't. Uh, I, I wish I knew enough about music to be able to listen to that version that I heard and like hear the things that uh, Rika Aoki was talking about, like in the book about how like, or that Shizuka was talking about, about how you can like hear the emotion and when different people play it, like what, what they bring to it, whether it's like anger or happiness or joy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's, that's such an interesting way to think about it. But I played violin when I was a kid. Oh, really? I sucked. I, didn't I know sucked. That. Yeah, I was terrible. Terrible. I played drums. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Were you any good? It was fun. I'm, I was fine. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't stick with I was, it. it. I wasn't the like. worst. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, I actually had a drum set in college, but I just ran out of time to play because I was way more into the radio station. Mm. I was more into playing music than on the Amen radio than that. making music. Yeah, Indeed. All right. Sadly. Well, Thanks for everyone uh, for listening to the podcast. Thanks for reading along with us over on Goodreads. Um, as always, our show is entirely funded by you, our patrons. And thank you so much to the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. 
You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And of course, you can join in on all the discussions at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.